0: one time to begin a worship service this morning want to welcome everyone here certainly glad to have everyone another beautiful morning if you're visiting with us we're certainly glad to have you and we ask that you fill out the visitor card in front of you and just dropping in the collection plate or give it to someone else and and it's good to see Miranda and her little son Landon with us this morning. I know Sandy's glad to have them and anyone else visiting if I don't see you we're glad to have you with us. Also I want to take a minute just to mention VBS we had a great week a lot of work putting into VBS and uh if you was able to come, you saw uh, a lot of things going on, a lot of people participating. And the decorations and stuff like we talked about last week were just phenomenal. Also, we averaged, now this was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I didn't have a count on Thursday. Uh, we averaged 41, uh, 141 through the week, which was up, I'm going to guess, over 15 plus over last year. So uh, we had a great week, and we appreciate all those who uh, participated in that. Also, I want to mention uh, the Peru trip that's coming up. They're leaving on Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock. And the count I got, Chris, 14, 14 will be leaving, and they're going to meet here at 11 a.m. Tuesday morning if you'd like to come by for your free and have prayer with them uh, That would be a great idea. Also on that subject, uh, they're going to be doing VBS. They're going to, uh, people's going to learn about the salvation, uh, personal Bible studies, the church uh, that's found in the Bible. And they don't even have a, there's not a congregation there. Is that correct? Chris there's a big article on the front page I would encourage you to read that it's very interesting and I know that uh, some won't have a chance to read that so I want to go over that and let you know what's going on and Daniel Goshorn and his wife Audra they're from Flatwoods Church of Christ they've been here before and they prepared the place for them to have VBS and it's out in a field that's what it looks like so We want to keep them in our prayers for safe trip, and uh, that's just a great thing that's happening there. Check your bulletins for those uh, who are sick and those shut-ins and those who need prayers, and uh, I'd like to read from Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And it says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Go ye into all the world. What this group of 14 is doing is a small part of that. And hopefully that uh, they can plant the seed there to someone. And who knows what will happen from that uh, little trip to peru bow with me as we go to god in prayer father we thank you for this day thankful for the time that uh, we're able to gather here with brothers and sisters in christ uh, like faith father and worship you and and we pray that we always worship you in spirit and truth and father we're mindful of those who are hurting uh, those father who are hurting spiritually and and uh need prayers and and we pray father that uh, that they may reach out to us and and any of us father that can help them we, ju- we just pray that we get that opportunity and and for those father who are mentioned in our bible classes and and mentioned in our bulletins there's uh so many names there father that that we need to uh to remember and and father we just need to pray for those uh every day of the week and uh Father, we know that uh, prayer is a very important part of our lives as Christians. Father, we uh, pray for those uh, who are going to Peru. We pray, Father, uh, for a safe trip that you'll watch over them. And and we pray, Father, that uh, good things will be done because of that trip. And, Father, if they could touch one soul, Father, just... uh, that makes so much difference, Father, in that area, and we just pray that uh, that you will be with them and give them the right words to say. Father, be with Chris this morning as he brings us to the lesson. We're thankful for him and his family, and thankful for David and his family, and and for those Father who uh, participated this week in our VBS, and for all the uh, kids that came. We just pray, Father, that uh, some words was. Uh, planted their father this week that uh, they'll remember and and uh, they will grow up to be good christian men and women we thank you for all that you do for us all that you give us realizing that all good things come from you thank you father for jesus the uh, best gift of all in his name we pray amen would you stand as we sing our first song please
1: song this morning (laughs) how great is our god how great is our god song is The Greatest Commands. The greatest Commands. After this, Steve McLeod will have our reading and prayer.
2: Scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew five forty three through 48. If he, Ye have heard that it being said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward do you have, have ye do you not even the publicans do the same and if you salute your brother only what do you more than others do not even the publicans so be ye therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect you pray with me please dear lord god in heaven father we come before you this day so very thankful dear heavenly father for the day you've given us dear lord indeed hallowed be your name dear lord your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Lord, we pray that you be with us, that you forgive us our sins, dear Heavenly Father, as we forgive those, sins, those that sin against us, dear Heavenly Father. Help us to realize the importance of that, dear Heavenly Father, that uh, the greatness of our sins that have been forgiven us as we forgive those that have sinned against us, dear Lord, knowing that, that your word has told us that if we can't forgive them, then we can't be forgiven, Father. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, strengthen us. Teach us to love more, dear Heavenly Father. We pray that uh, we be perfect as you are perfect, Father. We pray for the for the sheep that is that is lost, that is gone astray, dear Heavenly Father. We pray that you call for it, dear Heavenly Father, and I hear your voice and I come back to you. Lord, we uh, pray for the sheep that's at the edge of the flock, dear Heavenly Father. Stepping away, dear Lord, we pray with your rod and your staff, you'll keep them. Put them back into the fold, dear Heavenly Father, and protect them. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that you be with us as we walk this life, dear Heavenly Father, that uh, we do what you would have us to do always. Dear Heavenly Father, when we stumble, we ask that you forgive us, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we ask that you be with those that can't be here this morning, dear Lord. We pray for those that hurt, dear Heavenly Father, that you will comfort them as only you can, dear Heavenly Father. We pray for those that are sick, dear Lord afflicted dear heavenly father unable to leave dear lord we just pray that you touch them dear heavenly father and and use us to do so dear heavenly father as well that we reach out and show love to those that that need it the most the most heavenly father we ask that you be with us during this service that everything and all that we do dear lord be in your will and pleasing in your sight dear heavenly father i just pray that Chris has a ready recollection of the things that he studied, dear Heavenly Father, and as he delivers the word, dear Heavenly Father, that we, we grow deeper and closer to you, dear Heavenly Father, through your word. Dear God, we, we ask that you be with those that are traveling, dear Lord, whether you give them a safe trip to and from wherever their destination is, dear Heavenly Father, keep your hand around them and, and, and bring them home safely. Dear Lord, we pray for this country, dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, we can see when held up against your word, that it is so far wandered away from, from what you want it to be, dear Lord. And we just pray that you would put leaders in that, that would bring us back to where we need to be, that we could be an example to the world, dear Heavenly Father, that, that, uh, that you come first, always. Dear Lord, we ask that you be with us through this service. We ask that you guide and direct every step we take, dear Heavenly Father. Put us on that narrow path, dear Heavenly Father, that leads to heaven. If we stumble, dear Heavenly Father, if we start to stray away from that path, put us back on it, dear Heavenly Father, because our hope is in you and of you and through you, dear Heavenly Father. Forgive us our sins. Help us to be what you'd have us to be. And in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: Our next song this morning is Lamb of God, 950, Lamb of God. Your only son
3: I, um, when we come to the table, it's something that we do each and every week. It can if we're not careful, it can become a habit, a, a thing that we do because it's just what we do. And um, we, sometimes it can lose its meaning if we don't take the time to reflect and look back on what it actually means. And why Jesus actually actually told the apostles this is what they wanted. This is what He wanted them to remember. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians um, chapter eleven. First Corinthians eleven. We're going to read twenty three through twenty five. For I have received from the Lord what I also pass to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink of it, in remembrance. Whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So the, the bread and the fruit of the vine are the two emblems that Jesus uses that he wants to correlate with his memory. So let's start first with the bread. If you, have your, if you want to turn with me, we're going to go into the, the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 53. And um, we're going to read verses 2 through 5, in the prophecy of Isaiah about, about Jesus. He grew up like a tender shoot and a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. And paralleling Isaiah, we're going to go to the New Testament in First um, Peter chapter 2 verses 24 1 Peter chapter 2 24 he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that, that we might die to sin and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed Jesus sacrificed his body for you and for me that through him bearing our sins, our iniquity, our shame. We have hope to have restoration and forgiveness of our sins. So as we we take the bread and we pass it around this morning, I want you to remember Jesus how he gave himself for you and for me. Let's pray together for the bread. Our heavenly Father, We're so thankful for Jesus, for his willingness to bear our burdens, to take on our shame, to carry our iniquities, that we might be made whole, not by our own self, but by the sacrifice that he made. We thank you for the body of Christ and the bread that represents it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that we've partaken in the bread, the next emblem that Jesus gives us is the fruit of the vine, which He tells us, as we read in, in 1 Corinthians, He tells us that represents His blood. So, if you turn to Hebrews uh, chapter 9, verse 14. How much more, then, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse the consequences and acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? We know that the blood was the symbol of what forgave sin in the Old Testament. The priests would bring the blood of bulls and goats to the altar uh, for the remission or the the, uh, pacification of the sins of the people. But through Jesus and through his perfect sacrifice, we are are able to um, be forgiven of the consequences that lead to death, not of anything that we do or that we have done, but by Christ's blood that was shed in our behalf. And therefore, we are freed of the penalty of sin, which leads to death, that we may serve and one day make heaven with the living God. If you'll pray with me for the fruit of the vine. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for, for Jesus and the, the blood that he shed for us, the perfect sinless blood, the, the guiltless blood that, that he had that can can cover my sin, forgive my, my mistakes, to make me able to be forgiven, to, to make heaven my home because of the, the gift that Jesus gave us. Father, as we, we drink the fruit of the vine this morning, may we be reminded of, of Jesus, his sacrifice that he made for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This concludes our Lord's Supper this morning. But while we have the, the ushers here uh, available, we want to take this time to take up our collection this morning. The, the collection that we, we take up is to do the Lord's work in our church and our community. As, as believers, we are asked to, to give, to give, that, to give of our time, to give of our energy, and to give of our purses to uh, help further the work of the kingdom and the work of our local church. If you'll pray with me for the blessing for our offering this morning. Father God, thank you so much that you give us the, the calling and the, the opportunity to work alongside um, one another to accomplish the spreading of the gospel the mission of the church that you gave us to, to go and to tell others. And Father, we do that through our energy, our time, and also of our contribution, Lord, that we might be able to, to do things through our gifts that we may not be able to do without a collective collection. And Father, I ask that you take our contribution and that you give wisdom to the eldership as they designate how to best use it for your kingdom, so that the work that you have for our area, Father, may be done and done well. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen.
1: If you would, let's stand again. We'll sing our next song, number 523, Our God, He is Alive. This time, the two- to five-year-olds can dismiss to go to Bible Hour. Uh, For the summer, it's just two- to five, and the older will pick up later. Please be seated. Our song of invitation is What the Lord Has Done in Me. Chris. Good morning. They were looking for
4: men who were full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, as a matter of fact, who nothing bad could be said about any of these men. They picked seven of them. Stephen was one of the seven. He falls afoul of the Jewish leadership one day, and they decide that they will kill him. Today, we're talking about how you deal with insults and injuries. We've, we're, I guess, we're at the end of our our series. We're calling Unstoppable Family. We're walking through the Book of Acts this this year, and we're thinking about how the church in Acts is unstoppable. And so if we do what they did, we will get what they got. And so we want to be unstoppable. Jesus is unstoppable in any generation and in every generation is unstoppable. And so we want to be an unstoppable church, just like the church we find in the book of Acts. Throughout this series, we've looked at, families and what we can do as a family to be unstoppable and persevering through a variety of different things. We've been looking through the Psalms and we're going to continue that today. So if you've got your Bibles open, flip them open to Psalm chapter 43. That's where we're going to spend our time this morning. Psalm chapter 43, as we think about what it means to persevere through insults and injury. As we think back to Stephen, we are reminded of how he died. We don't know a ton about this man outside of the fact that he is full of wisdom, he's full of Good repute. Nobody could say anything bad about this guy. And he's full of the Holy Spirit. We know those things are true because that is the seven, or those are the characteristics of the seven men that were chosen. They had to fit that bill. Those were the base characteristics, the minimum requirements to fill this job of feeding uh, all of the widows in the Jerusalem church. Stephen fits the bill. On top of that, Stephen's also a pretty good preacher. And so Stephen fall, runs afoul of the, the Jewish aristocracy, the, the, the leading class among the Jews, because he won't stop talking about Jesus. He knows that Jesus is the answer to all of their problems, to all of life's inadequacies. Jesus is the answer. He is, in fact, the only answer, the only one who is capable of filling in all those holes that we find in life. The only one who is capable of helping us live this life well. And certainly the only one who's capable of helping us live the next life well. And so Stephen starts talking to them about that. And some Jews from outside of Jerusalem come in contact with him first. And and he makes them mad because they can't refute what he says from the scriptures. He's right. And they seem to know it. They just don't like it. Um, And so here's this man, good man, right? He is a good, godly man. And they start throwing, at first, metaphorical, proverbial stones at him, right? They don't like what he's teaching. They don't like the God that he's following, the God that he is teaching about. They don't like him. And so they are going to throw obstacles in his path to make it hard for him to continue doing what he's doing. He doesn't care. Stephen continues teaching, and it looks like maybe he even ramped up that teaching a little bit. Becomes more focused, more loud, more intent on teaching the truth. And so, eventually, one day, they pay people to say that he has blasphemed against Moses and God. He hasn't. In fact... Stephen's been teaching them what the Old Testament has been saying about God all along. He says, "You remember those Old Testament prophecies, the prophecies that we had since that we've been knowing since we were little, those prophecies were about Jesus. They were talking about his coming and we just we missed it. But now we can come to him. This is excellent news. Everyone needs to hear this news, right? They needed to hear it too, but they didn't want to hear it." And so they paid off these guys to lie about Stephen because that's the only way that you could accuse this good man of any wrongdoing. You had to lie about him. And so they do. They pay these men to lie about him and they end up stoning him. He would have been in a pit much like this one and they would have taken the rocks and they would have thrown at him until they thought he was dead and then they would have thrown a few more. As he is dying, do you remember what he does? He has this incredible scene here. And I, I don't I don't think I would have reacted the same way. You think about your own life and think about whether you would have reacted the same way or not. But as these these men, his his brothers and his cousins and his friends, are throwing rocks at him in an effort to kill him, Stephen looks up to heaven and says, Father, forgive them. Good, good man, right? Just, just the, 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 the best godly man. He reacts to their insults and his injuries in the most righteous fashion possible. He reacts exactly the way the Bible says that we should all react. He's not the only one throughout history, of course, that's reacted like this. Uh, there's a guy named Dirk Willems. He is re-baptized. He lives in the 1500's and he has come to the realization that his baptism in the at, at the beginning of his life when he was an infant, the Catholic church poured some water over his head and they said that he was baptized but he's been reading scriptures and he can't find that type of baptism in scriptures. In fact, the type of baptism that he finds, the only type that he can find in scripture, the only type that's found in scripture is complete immersion for the purpose of the forgiveness of your sins. And so he has come to the realization that that needs to be the type of baptism that he needs to be a part of. He needs to be rebaptized. We know these guys as Anabaptists. Anna meaning again, or re. And so they've been re-baptized. It's originally really their, their original baptism. But because of his stance, the state hates him. Because of his theological stance, it's a little bit of a, a different thing for us, right? Because most places in our country, the theological stance you take, the state... ...doesn't indict you. They certainly wouldn't uh, be able to put you on trial for that theological stance... ...but that's true in his day. And the theological stance that he has taken of complete immersion... ...for the purpose of forgiveness of sins has landed him in prison. He's on death row. They're going to kill him. He knows this, of course... And so he fashions a rope out of rags. He's tied several rags together, and he has lowered himself out of an upper story window. And he is running through the wintry wonderland that is his home country. He crosses a frozen lake. He looks back, and there's a guard chasing him, several guards. But one is closer than the other's. And as Dirk Williams crosses that frozen lake, he makes it through just fine, but he hears instead of the the guard's angry yells, now they're frightened. The guard is terrified. Dirk looks back and he notices that the ice has fallen through. The guard is dying. He's going he can't get out of the icy water and he needs help and the other guards are too far away. So Dirk, you know what he does? He has a moment of decision here. Will I help This man who will kill me. That's what Jesus would have me do, right? To turn around and help this man who would injure and insult me. Will I help him or will I continue on in my freedom? Because if I turn around, they're going to catch me. If I let him die, I might get away. You know what he does? He turns around and he helps the man. He pulls him out of the frozen lake. And he is, again, recaptured. And the guard pleads for leniency for Dirk Williams, but no leniency is given. He dies burned at the stake because of his theological beliefs. Another good man who has dealt with insult and injury in a way that honors God. Marshall Keeble is another man just like that. You may know his name. I hope you do. He is a, was a fabulous worker for the Lord. He's passed on since. Uh, but he lived in an era in our country where insult and injury towards African Americans was the commonplace, normal thing to our detriment and to our shame. This man preaches the gospel for decades in incredible fashion, bringing thousands to the Lord. Some scholars uh, that study Keeble's life say that he baptized upwards of 40,000 people. I can't even wrap my mind around that number. 40,000. The work that this man did for the Lord is incredible. He's had biographies written on, on him, and you should read them. He is and it was incredible. One day, when he's preaching the gospel, some members of the KKK clan come and they sit on the front row in an effort no doubt, to intimidate Brother Keeble. And you know what he does. He doesn't stop. He continues teaching and he's preaching his heart out and finally he offers the invitation. You know what happens. One of the members of the KKK comes forward to the invitation. He's baptized into Christ for the remission of his sins and he becomes Brother Keeble and our brother. That's how you handle insults and injuries that are thrown at you. You bless these people. That's God's word for how I should persevere through insults and injuries. We bless them. We pray for them. We do good deeds for them. Right? When one of your kids comes home from school and they say, "This kid over there, he he called me names and he pushed me down and he stole my lunch money," right? What do we say? Give it back to him, man. Go punch him, stand up to him. That way he'll back down, right? Is that is that the biblical answer? Or is that something that is coming from our flesh? That's what we wanna say, right? We wanna say, stand up to that kid, because bullies, that's what they do. They just they won't back down until someone stands up to them, right? That's what we wanna say. But I can't find that in the Bible. So when I read through my Bible, I see how I should handle insults and injuries, how I persevere through them. It doesn't have anything to do with force. It doesn't have anything to do with me pushing back. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. Let me take you to Psalm 43. I think it's helpful for us. We've been going through the Psalms in this series, and I hope it's been helpful for you. Psalm 42 we went through a couple of weeks ago. Psalm 43 um, is very much in the same vein as Psalm 42, possibly a companion psalm there. But I think it's helpful for us as we think through how we handle and how we teach our families to handle insults and injuries. Because our normal way to handle that, if someone pushes you, is what? You push back, right? If someone hurts you, you hurt them back, right? Even in the old law, you find uh, the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth fault, right? And so God's fine with you pushing back against your enemies, right? No, no. Go back through and read what he's actually saying. That was the most that they could do. That was the highest punishment that they could give. Stop and think about it for a second. If someone were to injure your eye intentionally, what would you want to do? I'm poking out both your eyes, right? Is that not right? You step on my foot, you break one of my feet. What am I going to do? I'm going to break one of your feet. I might break your nose too, right? Our flesh tells us to hurt that person who hurt us so significantly that they never hurt us again, right? Right? That's what the flesh tells you. That's not what Scripture tells you. Scripture has a different take on it. And so when in the old law he says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, he's relegating, he's um, stopping the further ramifications of that punishment. So if you were to knock out my eye, I don't get to knock out both of your eyes. I can The most I can do is take one of your eyes. The most I can do is take one of your teeth. Psalm 43, I think, helps us when we are insulted and when we're injured by those around us. Because that happens because we're humans and we live in a place where that's possible. And so it will happen. Insults and injuries happen. And so we have to learn how to deal with them. And it would be nice. (laughs) It would be ideal. It would be the righteous thing to do to figure out how to deal with these things in a way that honors God in a biblical way. And so Psalm 43 helps us. In verse 1, he says, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against, any, against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. What, what's he crying out for here? Judge me. Look at me. Judge me. Judge between me. I'm right. I'm innocent, much like Stephen, much like Dirk Williams, much like Marshall Keeble. The psalmist says, the things that have been held against me, the the taunts that are being hurled against me, I'm innocent of those things. I didn't do them. And so he's pleading with God to look at his case as a trial lawyer would look at a case and say, well, this man's obviously innocent. That's what the man's pleading for. Look at me, look at my case. Judge between me and my adversary. See that I'm in the right. The thing that we can take from this that helps us as we endure insult and injury is you need to take these things to the Lord. So often we take them to other places. We take them to our friends and, and we'll gossip, right? Or, We'll take them to ourselves and we beat ourselves up about them or we become angry about them. We take these insults and injuries to the wrong place all the time. The place we need to take them to is to the Lord. He's the one that can handle these things and we can't handle them. We, we can't do this on our own. Daniel would be the perfect example of this. In the Old Testament, there's uh, a, a king... ...who has a bit of a pride problem. He's a bit on a power trip. Uh, and so some of his officers, some of the higher-ups in his kingdom... ...come to this king and they say, um, we've got a great idea. How about you make it so that anyone who prays to any, any, anything, anybody, any, anything... ...other than you for the next month, they deserve death. And because of this king's pride problem, he says, well, that's a wonderful idea. What he doesn't know is that they're angling at his buddy, Daniel. Daniel is in second in charge of all of Babylon by this point, And these guys are jealous of him. And so as the king signs this decree that if anyone were to pray to anyone other than him over the next month, Daniel gets word of it, of course, as ...highest-ranking official, this document passes his desk. Do you know what he does? He does the most amazing and impressive and righteous thing. When this insult and injury is hurled at him, you know what he does? He sees the document and he goes back to his room... ...and he prays just like he has every day for the last 70 years. He took this insult and injury to the Lord... Any other place we take it is not appropriate. We take these things to the Lord. Check out out the next verse, Psalm 43, verse 2. This guy's so us, the psalmist is so us, right? For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? I trusted you, why did you reject me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? You, you've been in this situation, right? What's, what's interesting and what's insightful here about this guy is if he didn't believe in God, he wouldn't have written this psalm. This guy is us. He, he believes that God is able to deliver him. He believes in the strength and the power and providence. and He believes God is able to deliver him. He's just a little concerned that it hasn't happened in his own time frame. You ever feel that? Yeah, we feel that all the time, right? When people insult us and injure us, what do you want? Oh, I want this rectified right now. This needs to be happening right now. This needs to stop right now. I'm innocent. Why haven't you, Lord, taken care of this? Why haven't you shut their mouth? Why haven't you vindicated me among all of my friends and among the people around me? This guy, this, he's us. What we've talked about in the past, we need to talk about here too. This guy feels this way, feels betrayed by God. But is that reality? No. It's, it's the way he feels And you can and should talk to God about that. That's why Psalms are here, so you can talk to God, so that you know that it's okay to talk to God like this. Stay with Him, just like this guy stays with Him. I believe that you are the God in whom I take refuge. You're the one who I run to in time of trouble. You're a strong tower. You're a fortress, a mighty fortress. You're the only one who can save me. The only one who can vindicate me. I believe that, but sometimes I don't feel that. And when people hurl insults and injuries at us, we don't feel that, right? It doesn't make that reality. It means that's how we feel. We we need to acknowledge the distinction there between reality and, and feelings. Our feelings often lead us astray. They're fickle things. You can be happy today and sad tomorrow, so they're fickle. Psalm chapter 43, 3 and 4, he says, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Often I let my light and my truth lead me, right? What I think is right, that's what I do. It's not, the psalmist says, that's not good enough. Often, my light and my truth lead me in the exact opposite direction that I need to be going. They lead me in error. He says, that's not good. So I want your light and your truth, oh God, to lead me. I don't always make the right decisions, even if I've got all of the details I need God's light and His truth when people are insulting and injuring me. Those are what I need to lead me. This means that I need to spend even more time in prayer, even more time in Bible study. When The moments when you don't feel like praying are the exact moments when you need to be down on your knees more Then at other times, the exact moments when you don't feel like studying, when you feel like he's betrayed you, those are the exact moments when you need to pour yourself into studying. 43.5, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You need to underline hope in this passage. Psalm 43.5, underline hope. Because hope here is what all of this is hinging on. This whole reaction or how we deal with insults and injuries, hope is the linchpin. It's what makes it all make sense. Now, in our normal English way of thinking and talking, when we say hope, it's it's something that I, I wish for, right? It's it's a it's a hopeful expectation. Oh man, I. Hope my car uh, makes it the next 30 miles or the next 300 miles or the next 3,000 miles or whatever, right? It's something I, I wish to happen. That's not the way the Bible talks about hope. In the Bible, hope is confident expectation. I am sure that this thing will happen. I'm, I'm sure that this thing will happen than I am of anything else on the earth. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. I know how the story ends. So when someone insults and injures me, I know that there's a day of judgment coming. I know that one day, if He doesn't hear, one day He will vindicate me, that all the details will come out, and that justice will, will be served. I know that day is coming. And so I leave vengeance to him. What's he say in Romans 12? Go back and flip over to Romans 12 real, real quick. This is a concept you find throughout Scripture. It's not just in the New Testament. He says it several times in the Old Testament as well. Look what he says in Romans 12, verses 19 and 21. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so when people hurl insults and injuries at a Christian, how do we react? We bless them. We do good things for them. We pray for them. That's what Stephen did, right? That's the word from scripture when people hurt you you don't hurt back you don't hurl the insults right back at them you bless them you help them you do good things for them you look for ways to bless them and you leave vengeance to the Lord he doesn't need my help with it and if I could help him I would mess it up anyhow (laughs) Right. You ever been in a situation like this where you did take vengeance and then later learned that you were the one that was in the wrong? Mankind, right? We do this kind of stuff. He doesn't. He he works with all the details. And when justice is meted out, it will be perfect justice, perfectly meted out so I'll wait for that. Against the ones who insult and injure us, we wait for that. And in the meantime, in the waiting period, we act like Stephen. We pray for those who hurt us. We bless those who injure us. And we work for their good. Today, if you've not become a Christian, you've gotten a little bit of an insight into how this life works and who Jesus has called us to be. And we we fall short of this every single day, right? But this is the goal. This is what we're striving toward, to be righteous people, to live in a way that is so countercultural that our world sees it because Jesus has transformed our minds and who we are. If you're interested in that vision and that mission and being that type of person, I'd love to sit down and study with you. This morning, if you've been thinking about baptism and salvation, we'd love to sit down and study with you about that as well. Maybe, maybe you've made the decision, and today's the day you're ready to put Christ on in baptism, to have your sins washed away. Maybe you've already made that decision and you're struggling. We want to pray with you that you can be absolutely everything that God would have you to be. If you have any need this morning, why don't you come as we stand and sing?
1: Let the
5: We have a few announcements to go with before we're dismissed. Uh, Sign up sheets for the youth group activities are in the bulletin board, in the foyer, and there's also a calendar on the table out there as well. And the youth committee would like to thank everyone who volunteered for VBS. Uh, Also the VBS cookie containers are in the kitchen, and a big thank you for all the cookies. And anyone wanting some extra hot dog buns, there's plenty in the kitchen, free for the taking. June 18th is the deacons meeting. Uh, keep that in your calendars. June 20th is our Young at Heart. The mowing schedule is on the bulletin board. I'm sure Greg would appreciate some help with that. And on our prayer list, uh, remember Jim Wilgus, Jimmy Wilgus, Sean Maynard, Jim Haney, Amber Spitzer, and for all of our missionaries going to Peru. Uh, if there's no other announcements, Dwight's got an announcement, and then we will have a closing song and a closing word of prayer.
6: So we've been pretty busy lately uh, with Bible school and planning for the uh, trip to Peru and all. But we had about a month ago, or sometime last month, we planned a, a uh, activity for the youth over at the senior center to get our youth involved with our area senior center. And there's already been some activities. The Beta Club from Fairland was over there last month for the uh, prom, the seniors' prom and they, they helped quite a bit. And we did have one young man, I, I don't think he's here, but I won't point him out, that was there helping also. Um, but anyway, I hope hope you guys are not hearing this for the first time, but we're supposed to be there tomorrow. So is this news to all of our youth group, probably? We, we were trying to, trying to uh, get it planned and uh, it just didn't get announced until now. So is there... Any of our youth group can go tomorrow, you think, to the senior center between 10 10:30 and 1. Do we have any If I might have to, if if we don't have anybody that can go, we might have to reschedule this because like I said, our Bible school and Chris can help me out too. Our Bible school, we've been pretty busy and we didn't get this announced, right? So um so I, I guess it's something we can plan for the future then, if we can't do it tomorrow. But I, what we were wanting to do is have the youth come over and help them with their iPhones and their iPads, and different activities that we could do with some of the uh, people at the senior center. There's some seniors here at Proctor's Landing that you can tell they're just uh, they're lonely, and they would they you know it would be great if if some of our youth could get maybe their birth dates or their addresses and send them cards, you know, special occasions like that too. So that's, anybody have any questions? <laughs> Did it make sense what I'm saying? Okay.
1: If you would, let's stand again. We'll sing our last song, number 841, Sing and Be Happy. Sing and be happy. If the skies are
7: pray with me please dear gracious heavenly father we thank you so much for this wonderful day for the privilege of being able to come here and to let you know how much we appreciate you and father let your son know how much we appreciate the sacrifice that he has given us father there are many on our hearts that are sick and that are hurting We pray for them and ask that you would strengthen them and bless them, be with their families and help everyone to return to a healthful state, to be able to worship and to serve you. Father, be with our members that are going to Peru. Keep them safe. Father, bless them and help them to be able to perform the duties that they're planned. Father, give them much reward father we ask that you would be with our country we've gone astray and we need your guidance and we pray that you will affect our leaders that they might let us return to you and help us to do your will and help us to spread your word throughout our country and throughout our world Guide us, Father, and thank you again for our service today. Go with us and keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.